welcome to Not Dude Soup. What are we calling it this week? We're calling call it, it the Funhouse Podcast. Funhouse Fun Podcast and Chill. That's right. Oh, We're just chill. hanging out today. James is going to be playing Super Mario Galaxy. Yes. We're going to be chit-chatting. We're going to talk about some stuff. Um, I, I was singing. I, I wrote up some story ideas, but I actually have a story to start us off with because James... Elise and I were testing out our vocal cords, you know, warming up our voice voices with some beautiful singing, mm-hmm. um, some trills, some ad libs, mm-hmm. if you like to call them. And James yep. posed the question of, have you ever been in a room with a bunch of singers and one person sings and it sets off a chain reaction of singers trying to out sing each other? Um, I lived in Oakland for a while. I'll say no more. <laughs> And one of my roommates uh, was this woman uh, who went by the name Princess Cassandra Marie. She was wonderful. She's uh-huh. a wonderful person, uh, beautiful spirit. She but. did a uh, a musical at her church. And um, one time, all like 20 of them came to our house to rehearse. Mm-hmm. And you know how a lot of times in songs everyone singing the melody and kind of, you know, doing basic harmonies with each other, but mm-hmm. it's all kind of the same. And yep. then there's one person kind of going, yeah, woo, mm-hmm. like adding in some flavor. Uh-huh. When they were rehearsing, all 20 of them were doing that. So no one was singing the actual song. They mm-hmm. were all going all over the place and it sounded uh beautiful beautiful yeah beautiful <laughs> um you know they say less is more did you tell more. them that or That's is she going to have to hear that from this podcast uh she doesn't have internet so oh she lives off the grid <laughs> uh okay. anyways uh james uh yeah why are you playing mario galaxy you know, John, that we recently did a uh, Mario race run where we raced all the 3D Mario games against each other. And uh, I was given the task of playing Mario Galaxy, and it's been a really long time since I've played it, and ever since we did that recording, I've been hooked playing the game. John, are you a Mario Galaxy 1 or 2 man? Uh, I am a neither because the game gives me vertigo. And I have to put the controller down and lay down mm-hmm. and take a nap. And then once I, I wake that. up, my nausea's gone. Well, don't watch because you're going to get super sick watching me. I am actually I'm trying to focus on the webcams because it is a little much for me. Mm-hmm. I can it glance is, at it. Um, I, I was always a fan of Mario Galaxy, but I think when I played it the first time, I just kind of like played it and I was done with it. I was like, mm-hmm. I just did it the bare minimum to get to the point where I could I could be done with it. It's a lot but more linear, one, I'm tr- right? I'm trying like, to, uh, what's up? It's a lot more linear. Like, it's not like Mario 64 or Odyssey where you have these big areas, these uh, big levels with a bunch of, like, stuff you can play with. Um, It is, yeah, it's, like, kind of hybrid linear, but it's not nearly as linear as, say, Galaxy 2. Galaxy 2 oh, is, yes. like, straight up just... And that one level to the next level to the next level. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Mario 64 and Super Mario Sunshine, they kind of lean into the aspect of let's create these really thoughtful 
artful levels mm-hmm. where you go back into them and you approach them from different perspectives. Galaxy doesn't necessarily lean into that as much, mm-hmm. but I've always loved the first Galaxy because I really like the framing device of the ship and how charming that is. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of real gamers will tell you that it's in Galaxy 2 that they really perfected the mechanics and level design. Mm-hmm. Um, John, he's going to throw up. I, I literally, yeah. you got, you fell off that rocket and then you ran on the tip of the rocket and the camera spun around and my stomach spun around with it. Go on, Elise. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's kind of all I have to say about it. Oh uh, yeah, great games though. Great yeah. games. They are great games. I, 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 when we were playing it, there was like a discussion over, you know, what's the best Mario game. And I saw, know some people say, uh, galaxy, or Galaxy 2 is their favorite. Um, for me, Odyssey is just pretty spectacular. Oh, yeah. Odyssey, like, yes. no no competition. Odyssey is, like, a feat. It's one of the best video games ever created. Yeah. I just feel like Galaxy, the, the weird gravity stuff does stand in the way of it just being, like, a very pure, fun Mario platformer. Like you it hate does, the main, it's like apart from the main mechanic of the game, I love it. I think N sixty four just has to get all the points though, because none of these would exist without it, and it just also it changed the game. Oh yeah, yeah. And aside from being an amazing game, it also just changed the game for everybody. I love the story. Um, I forget where it was. I think it was in an interview or something. But I learned about it from Mark Brown's Game Maker's Toolkit that they spent months just working on the jump and the platforming and everything, and the movement, before mm-hmm. doing any level design or anything else in mm-hmm. Mario 64. They spent wow. months just working on him jumping around. And I mean, sure it, it, it makes sense, because that was just such a pivotal direction in the way that game was going, that if that didn't work, it didn't matter yeah. how mm-hmm. the levels were designed, I guess. And they really didn't have anything to compare it to. Like, right, right. They were creating something new. That's so interesting. Episodes of his show. <laughs> what? Like, are any of the other episodes of his content that you recommend? All of it. I mean, yeah. I just say, like, I sh- uh, I figure that's what you might say, but like any other standouts. One really that I really, really love, and it's actually what got me to play Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Um, which, as y'all know, I am obsessed with that game. Right now. I play it like of, every yeah. Saturday. I do a run. Um, but he has a video talking about the level design, the world design of Dark Souls, and it's so interesting. Um, I didn't realize that it's heavily inspired by Link to the Past, where, um, it has that kind of accordion, uh, design to it, where you start out in the prologue, it's linear, but then it opens up, um, Mm -hmm. where you have, like, you know, different tasks you have to do. And then it narrows back in, uh, in Zelda, it narrows back into the Hyrule Castle Ganon 1 fight. And then you go to the Dark World and you have the six different... um, Mm -hmm. Crystals. Yeah, the crystals that you can basically do in almost any order. Some of them you can, but mostly it's it's free reign. And then Mm -hmm. it narrows back again for the second Ganon fight. With Dark Souls, it's similar where you start in Undead Asylum and then you go and you get the two bells... Bells of Awakening or something? Of course. Um, mm-hmm. that those, those, would be, those would be like your pendants. Yeah, your right? pendants. Okay. And um, although there is kind of a, a general linear path for new players, there are ways to get them out of order. Um, 
depending on if you get the master key or not. Well, actually, you can totally get there without the master key. You can go through uh, Valley of the Drakes through the backside, through that elevator. Of course. Anyways. Of course. I just had an image of Valley of the Drakes, and it was like Drake the Rapper, uh, Uncharted Drake, <laughs> like every so like, many Drake Drakes. I can think of just in this valley. Um, and then it narrows for Sin's Fortress and in Orlando, and then it opens back up to get the Four Lord Souls, which you can 100% do in any order, and then it mm-hmm. narrows back in for Quinn. So it's, it's really interesting. Um, and he also t- just talks about the world design, which is... That's why I love Dark Souls over really any of the other uh, Souls games mm-hmm. because the whole world is interconnected. Everything weaves together, um, whereas Dark Souls 2 and 3, Bloodborne, Demon Souls, uh, they're much more linear. Well, Demon Souls is six, five different worlds. Demon's Souls. Sorry, Demon's <laughs> Souls. And why do you why do you think the first Dark Souls was structured that way that they deviated for the other two? Um, I don't know. I'm going to guess that it was. Uh, well, actually, I think because uh, Miyazaki doesn't want to just do the same game over and over again. Um, like kind of like Sakurai, uh, Masahiro Sakurai. Mm-hmm. Um, where he, he got baited uh, into by uh, Satoru or Satoru, which one is it? Don't know. The president of Nintendo. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto. No, no. Well, then he's not the president of Nintendo. Yeah. Satoru Iwata. Yeah, no. Satoru Iwata. Um, he. So basically, what happened was Masahiro Sakurai made Kirby adventure on the nes and he's like mm-hmm. great on to the next game and they're like no kirby's a great success you need to make another one so he's like okay so he made kirby all-stars or superstar for the snes mm-hmm. which is like six games in one and he's like all mm-hmm. right we're good i'm gonna make smash brothers now and they made smash mm-hmm. brothers uh which uh Saturo, satoru iwata actually was helped uh, Sakurai programmed that on nights and weekends after work. Um, the two of them. He was president of Nintendo, and he also helped develop the prototype for Smash Bros. Uh, That's like how James, you know, creative director of Funhouse, but he's also helping you with that concept album. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but then after Smash Brothers was a smash hit... Uh, Sakurai kept wanting to do other games, but they're like, uh, Iwata was like, you know, just one more Smash Bros. Just one more Smash Bros. And he kept, he kept having him make Smash Brothers. And even when, uh, was it, um, it was either Melee or Brawl. I think it was Brawl. Was that the one on Wii? Yes. Um, uh, Sakurai learned that they were making Brawl at the... Um, GDC press conference. Well, it was like announced, and he learned. Yeah, where he announced it. it, and he was like, "Wow, that's being made." And then Iwata came to him and was like, "Listen, you can pass on this, <laughs> but you should be the one who makes this." And he's like, Fine. "He's like, and everyone will hate you, and no one will yeah. like you because <laughs> he had already left um, to make his own studio. I forget what it's called. Uh, it's got that little cross symbol. Uh, anyways, yeah." And then he made, I think that's why he made um, the most recent Smash Brothers. It's like Smash, 
It has everything in it. Like, <laughs> it's designed, it's like, so that you could never make another one because how <laughs> yeah. could you ever, like, top it? Yeah. Um, that was kind of the vibe <laughs> I weird. got with the recent one, with the most recent one. I love when creators put those caps on their own work so either no one can continue it or replicate mm-hmm. it, like doing those fire bombings where you kill your whole, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's essentially like wrapping caution tape around your, yeah. <laughs> your own work, um, and I love it. Well, we had uh, the guys from The Stuff Dreams Are Made Of on the Filmhouse podcast. Don't crack! <sighs> and uh, they were talking about props and, and things, and I guess Kubrick used to like after his movies would be done oh yeah he would destroy wardrobe and costumes to yeah. make sure that they didn't because show up in they, other movies yeah and stuff. basically Whoa. the way that the system worked was that you know a lot of these things were rentals or they would get repurposed in some way for another project mm. and he knew that that's how the the prop and art department system worked and he went i don't want any of my stuff mm-hmm. appearing <laughs> in other places so he just yeah had it all destroyed maybe people would like secretly sneak off with something but yeah, he, he <laughs> that's firebombed great. it all. Um, that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, it, like, sorry, I got sidetracked with Sakurai. But basically, I think uh, Miyazaki was the same way where he made Dark Souls and he's like, now we're making Bloodborne. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, FromSoft was like, Dark Souls 2. Uh, mm-hmm. And so- uh, me and my, uh, <laughs> You got it. Uh, he was like, nah. No, I'm good. So he was making Bloodborne and another studio made Dark Souls 2. And I know yes. there are a lot of people that love Dark Souls 2. I'm not one of those people. For a lot of people, it was their introduction to the franchise. And so it holds a special place in their heart. Personally, I feel like it is not in any way comparable to Dark Souls 1 or 3. Um, mm-hmm. And then Dark Souls 3, I think, was them convincing Miyazaki. They're like, come on. Do one more, and we'll let you do whatever the hell you want. Uh, yeah. So he made Dark one Souls three. One for you, one for yeah, us. Yeah, one for you, one for us. Um, so I think that's why Dark Souls three is very linear. Um, because of that. That's what my. was his involvement, if any, in Sekiro? Uh, I think he oversaw it, but he wasn't like. I think he was an EP, but not like the game director. But I'm not sure on that. But I do know it was another team within FromSoft. So, yeah. That's all my game knowledge. That's That's all the game knowledge I have. Little Souls talk. Yeah, Souls talk. I got Souls on the brain, guys. This last Saturday, I I did a pyro tank build. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know. What does that mean? It basically... In Dark Souls, one of the things is your equipment load, the weight of armor you have, to, uh, determines kind of how fast you move. And if you have, um, oh, you, you got away for that platform change. So here's the thing. <laughs> this is why Galaxy will never be like, like Mario Odyssey is just a Mario game. These gimmicks are so terrible and they've only gotten worse <laughs> over time. <laughs> Trying to use a controller to try and navigate this is just, yeah. it's just a burden it doesn't feel like an exciting part of the game oh, experience. Oh. And um, it doesn't also doesn't know where my controller is. Sorry, we're playing Mario Galaxy. Um, anyway, oh, 
Can you not turn off the motion and just No, because there's no other way. It was designed for the Wiimote. It's an emulation yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I, I didn't know. If, uh, I guess, yeah, they didn't remake it. So. Yeah. Sorry, John, you were saying that you were describing. I'm just ranting. The... Anyways, uh, normally I go for the fast roll where you're super fast and you can roll fast and everything. But that means that you're wearing very little armor uh, and you're pretty weak. So and you and you don't have a lot of poise, which is basically like if you're in the middle of an attack and you get hit, it will break your attack. Um, wait for the wait for the platform change. Um, so this time I did uh, a tank build where I basically had the the heaviest armor I could. Congratulations, James. Thank you. Um, he just beat the level. Audio <laughs> listeners. Yeah, and I was basically able to just do whatever I wanted and didn't even really have to worry about getting hit. And it was mm. really fun. But um, how did that affect your time? Because I know on your Saturday plays, you're trying to get that time down, right? Uh, well, that was the original thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I realized I need to just focus on trying everything because the first three or four times I beat it, it was a strength build. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, it being an RPG... There are many different builds you can do with the different skills and different weapons, and there's three different magic, uh, you know, types. So mm-hmm. now what I'm doing is I'm basically just doing a different build that uses weapons I haven't used before, um, stats I haven't used before, builds I haven't used before, and I'm just gonna be doing that over and over and over until I feel like I've perfected it, or mm-hmm. you know, learned as much as I can, and then I'm going to start doing like actual runs trying to get that time down it is fun i mean like obviously i never got into dark souls but the um the whole aspect of being able to play a game again and again and appreciate it in new ways is like pretty wondrous a wondrous thing i'm getting a lot of that with hades yeah you know where you know i played it again last night and i was like i don't even like the uh i don't even like the gun but i'm gonna use a gun (laughs) like why not you know yeah I don't know. Does any, do any of you have games like that that you've played like a bunch of times? Because for me, it's few and far between. I mean, for me, it's the games that I truly love, like A Link to the Past mm-hmm. type of game that I played. And it's not because I necessarily discover something over and over. Like, I guess it would be more in a in a roguelike where probably you'd play it over and over because mm-hmm. you're getting that new experience but mm-hmm. i don't i don't generally gravitate to those yeah do you have others besides dark souls uh a few i mean i think ocarina of time mario 64 uh those i've started dozens of times i don't know yeah. how many times <laughs> i've beaten them um same. Uh, same with you link to the past i've beat like three or four times and then celeste i've Oh, that's two a good or one. three times. I love Celeste, uh, but a lot of the games, yeah. you know, they're linear like that. So replaying it is like you have to take a break before you yeah. can replay it. One of the Katamari game, like any of the Katamari games, or something that I could just and I have and have like you, you know, you pick it up and you're, you'll just play a random level because mm-hmm. that's always going to kind of feel slightly different. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I, what always happens to me is I'll pick up Katamari and then I'll play it for like four hours straight and then I won't play it for like another two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sometimes it's the mechanics. You just want to be reminded of the mechanics of the and game the music. that you enjoyed. Yeah. The music yeah. and Katamari. Music. I love that they have that melody and then there's so many different versions of it. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, Elise, being a big fan of Link to the Past, have you ever watched uh, any of the randomizers? No. Um, I haven't. Like, what is what is the big takeaway from that? They're very nerdy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> basically, <laughs> all of the speedrunners that have run the game thousands and thousands of times and have, like, a 90-minute uh, speed in, like, the like all dungeons or whatever uh, version of uh, Links to the Past, they now do this thing where they've made a randomizer. It randomizes all the items, and there's a bunch of different options you can have. Like They have a thing called Key Sanity where it actually randomizes all the locations of all the big and little keys so that Mm -hmm. literally every single chest and item you receive, like the thing you receive from the sick boy when you bring him a bee... Is, mm-hmm. That's all randomized. And so their pathing is completely different every time because it depends on the items they get. Uh, so is this game breaking in any way ever? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, no, no. Uh, you mean like locking it like they can't beat it? Yeah. Uh, no. So the person who, who's making the randomizer, it's constantly being updated, but they have something called logic where it basically there's an order in which things are. So like... For instance, um, you know, the hammer will never be behind an area that you need the hammer to get to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so it, it is random, but there is logic to it so that you can always complete the game. Um, but it's it's so interesting to watch. Uh, and they, they do these races where if you're just watching it, you know, watching someone casually play it, it might be a little, you might really not really know what's going on, but there are a lot of races on like the twitch.tv slash speedrun, uh, and they have them all on YouTube where two people are racing, and then two of the other people that do the runs are commentating, being like, oh my God, he got the glove. Oh, he got the moon pearl. <laughs> That's going to unlock mm-hmm. this place, this place, and this <laughs> he place. Got the moon yeah, it's like, where's it gonna go? Is it gonna go to? Uh, is it gonna go to this dungeon or this dungeon? He got the Titan's mitt. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, there's always a thing. Uh, I forget if there's a term for it, but it's Dark World access because you need certain items. You need like the Moon Pearl, yeah. the glove, um, and then a few other things, and then you have Dark World access, and then that opens the game up a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really interesting all the pathing and stuff because they're like. <laughs> just the the math they're doing in their head mm-hmm. is insane. Of just like all the different, it's like chess, kind of. You know yeah. how Star you hear about how chess. chess players are looking like eight to ten moves ahead or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what the randomizer does. <laughs> Not to derail this discussion, but it, tangentially related, I sent Matt Peak and Ryan Haley a link today for three person chess. Oh, what? Which is yeah, basically just like a round chessboard where you've got like three sets of pieces set up. Weird. And they thought that I was challenging them. I was not. <laughs> you I didn't want not, any part of that. I did not want any part of that. Absolutely. Well, they, they I like, think it's because for challenge? years now, uh, it's only been the two of them going back and forth, back and forth, and they they're mm-hmm. like craving new challenges. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, d- I did not want to get myself sunk into that. Uh, do you have a favorite? Zelda item item slash weapon. Oh, that's a good question. I love the boots. At least in Link to the Pegasus Past. boots. Yeah, having the boots is like I love sprinting around everywhere, running into the walls, trying to stop it 
right before you hit a wall. It's always so fun. What about you? It's probably a pretty basic answer, but the hook shot oh, yeah. is always That's kind of my, my favorite thing. I wish I wish I had a, a lamer niche answer like I love the hammer. Is that niche? <laughs> I feel in like I've never heard of, anyone in the say. The world of Link to the Past is what are the niche? Items? I mean, there's something quite satisfying about cracking the ma- the masks off those little crab guys or whatever they are. Oh yeah. Um, they're probably like guinea pigs. I have a really hard time of telling what certain creatures are in video games. They're, I think they're Cubones. Oh, yeah. Cubones? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's their mother that you're shattering? Yeah. Their mother's skull. You're smashing with a hammer. Do you have a favorite item? In Link to the Past? I guess, or Zelda. Uh, at least you look to your right. You're supposed to be looking down when you talk to James. Hello. <laughs> um, you got for the right? audio listeners, we have them split up. Uh, so even though they're on one webcam, they're I, on I th- top and bottom of each other. I think I've only beaten Link to the Past the one time. <gasps> so I don't really have, like, a, like <gasps> a preference, necessarily. Oh, my God. So that's all I can say. So I don't really know. Yeah, and he's beaten Twilight Princess, like, 12 times, you freaking emo. Most, I love Twilight Princess. Most Zeldas, other than Ocarina of Time, I've only beaten the one time. Most uh, games, I would say, I've only beaten yeah. the one time. I've only played Skyward Sword once. Uh, pardon, not Skyward Sword. Yeah, Skyward Sword. I've only played once. I never started Skyward Wind Waker Sword. A bunch. I never beat Twilight Princess. I I didn't really have Wii's or Wii U's or any of those, so I missed out on a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Sadly. Yeah, Wind Waker. I've never finished. Oh my God, James. Well, I know it's everyone so loves magical. it, but there's a point where it opens up, and it, I was getting really bored just wandering Sailing around everywhere. Yeah, you. You do have to really be like, I am going to just wander and wander and well, wander. Also, <laughs> the, I feel like it came out at a time when the idea of just being able to explore this vast open open ocean was like really cool and like new and exciting. But like there's so many games that do that now and do yeah. it really well that like it is it's a harder sell for me yeah. to do that. But I mean, I, I like it when I'm actually playing the game and not just exploring the world yeah it's definitely a game too where if you put it down for a considerable amount oh, yeah. of time you will lose track of what you were intending to do or where you were going yeah for sure love we were those talking treasure about, maps we that's were talking about link astral is seven chain. what we were talking about astral chain before we started yeah we were it's like living have it. inside an anime i have it oh, we have it downloaded uh, on my switch um but i never beat it because uh if you step away from it for like more than a week, you yeah. forget where you are because it's so deep in anime lore. I don't even remember how it works. I just remember the sensation of playing it. Well, you have your little your little guy, and uh, you like they're attached to you by a leash. You have a they're chain, a little pet, yeah, an astral chain, and then you can send them out to go and attack, and then you get you get into the VR realm. But then there's a whole nother aspect of the game, which is uh, like the uh, kind of like investigation because you technically work for the police department, essentially. Get out of my way, you little thing. You're speaking Latin to me right now, and I don't mm-hmm. speak it. <laughs> um, I had a I'm list. Pretending like I'm, oh, what? I'm pretending I'm collecting star bits. Thank oh, you did with the Wiimote? Nice, Elise. Yeah. Wow, Thanks. you're so good. <laughs> I can get them all. Oh, um, I missed one. Elise, you've been playing a lot of Agent A, right? I have. Were you familiar with this game, John? I actually was on the development team. 
Wow. Oh, yeah, that's, that's impressive. impressive. When did you find time to do that? Uh, you know, here and there. Okay, because you've been telling us you've been really busy, so are you yeah. not? Yeah, I've been getting uh, a lot of sleep and I've been pulling long hours, but yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. You know, I I had just played through Jenny LeClue. Um, it got a it's it's Jenny LeClue is a delightful kind of point and click mystery narrative game. It's I'd say it's geared toward a younger audience, mm-hmm. but it, I love the art style and the writing is very charming. It's it's something that I definitely would love to write like someday. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> it just got a voiceover update. When the, when the game first came out, it was just all text-based, but they, they did a, f- a full suite of voice acting to it. And it's just, it like, you didn't think the game could get more charming, and it did. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, I want to I play through it with the voice acting. So I did that, and, you know, it the, the I would say the mechanics, the puzzles aren't super uh, compl- complex in any way. I think the game's definitely geared toward a younger audience and it's more about telling yeah. that story. So it's very like simple puzzles and stuff, but I still think it's a very charming experience. Nevertheless, it kind of like gave me this itch for, I want a really good um, kind of puzzle, very puzzle heavy game that I can get into. And I was kind of digging around on the switch. What's, you know, kind of cheaper. And I know you love this- professor Layton. I do love Professor Layton, but I, I said, what can I, what can I, for a couple bucks, can I get? And I noticed, like, this game, Agent A, um, that was pretty well reviewed. And I think it had originally been on mobile, maybe. Um, but it, basically, you're a secret agent and you're infiltrating this spy's lair. And mm. then you are tackling almost these escape room-esque puzzles to get through them. And you, you saw me mm-hmm. play a little bit. Because I would do the thing where I would be, I, I think like one Saturday, I just like was on the couch for about like five hours, just mm-hmm. just couldn't stop playing through it. Hell and then yeah. I would get stuck like twice. I think I got stuck and I said to James, like, I just I just don't know. And it'd be the kind of thing where once he starts watching me, then I go, oh, OK, well, I now I see it. Now mm-hmm. it's this and this. But I take credit for so then he'd take credit for it. Uh, <laughs> but uh but yeah, it's just it's very those cool environmental puzzles where it's like you need to, you know, get this switch on the wall to, to uh, from behind this glass case. But there's mm-hmm. a code written on the case. And then you notice that there's a similar code oh. drawn on this monitor over there. But the computer needs a passcode. So it's like it's just kind of all that really layered. Interesting. Uh, minutia puzzle solving. And I, thought it was, I think it's great. Yeah, it sounds wonderful. Um, I mean, I, escape you, rooms, any sort of escape now is good in this mm-hmm. time. Yeah. You just made me realize that uh, I, I had a thought yesterday with you two That's being a couple. New. Yeah, various <laughs> kidding. I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. Uh, with you two being a couple, do you find it easier to play horror games? For be- sure. Because oh, yeah. personally... Yeah. Yeah. A couple of Halloweens ago, I tried to stream the first Resident Evil, mm-hmm. and I had to stop because I was so scared. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like if I had someone next to me, like we'd be able to like ground each other. Yeah, yeah. Like not even you know, not even a girlfriend, just like just a second human that you're just experiencing the game with together. Yeah, just but a, maybe a girlfriend, you know, maybe. No, maybe a girlfriend. Supermodel girlfriend, yeah. sla- supermodel slash girlfriend, Brooke Burke. Slash, slash scientist girlfriend. I was a slash slash uh, doctor first responder, <laughs> astronaut girlfriend. Uh, uh, no, you're. I think you're 
you're absolutely right uh it i mean yeah yeah but we yeah. also will like play a lot of horror games together and mm-hmm. kind of take turns because there's definitely an increased stress level when you're the one that's driving it yeah when you can just watch somebody else and, and go do that do that yeah. um like we recently we played through hellblade together which i wouldn't say is a conventional horror game no but we took turns playing that, and then like Little Hope, we just played together. What was the other the other uh, Made of Skur? Oh, Made of Skur. But uh, that was all you pretty much playing. Yeah, but it was the kind I of think... thing where there would be points where I was like, "I'm good," and you're like, "Nah, come on, like let's finish, let's play <laughs> more you. or whatever." Like, and I feel like if you're alone, you might not always feel like you have that person pushing you to yeah. want to keep playing. Isn't it? I thought it was pronounced Made of Skirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, by the way. Let's take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors. All right, y'all, listen up. I'm going to educate you. I don't know if you know this, but social media has been engineered to exploit you. That's right. Have you ever been looking at something or thinking about something, and then suddenly you're getting ads for it? Guess what? That's not a dink. That's the freaking man analyzing you. And selling your data to the highest bidder. That's right. It's called surveillance capitalism. All that stuff goes to the man. If you're not protecting your data. That's right. You can put a layer of protection around your data with ExpressVPN. Haha! <laughs> Didn't know who I was talking about. You know now it's ExpressVPN. Now you still need to be careful with what you share on social media, but ExpressVPN can make sure your web browsing is more anonymous. That way you're gonna minimize the freaking man getting all up in your brain recommending cat food the moment you think about cat food. I don't even own a cat. I was just thinking about it. I wonder about that num num. What's it made out of that wet cat food with that weird long haired white cat eating from that crystal dish? And then I got an ad for it. What the heck? Come on, social media. Get out of my brain. And I know you're saying, what? I'm going to use a VPN, but my internet experience is going to be slower. Guess what? That's true for a lot of VPNs, but not ExpressVPN. It's in the flipping name, okay? It's incredibly fast and easy to use. You just tap a button, and you're protected. You know how to tap a button, right? (laughs) Anyways, if you don't want to be a chump and give your data away to tech companies for free and let them exploit your personal information, maybe you should visit expressvpn.com slash dude right now. If you do, you can get three extra months of ExpressVPN for free. That's right. E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Dude, D-U-D-E, dude. Protect your data. Go to expressvpn.com slash dude to learn more. All right, y'all, if you've been here for a while, you know that I am the flipping spokesperson for Mint Mobile at Funhouse. Why? Because I'm a user of it. I used to be on some other carrier. I was getting some good cell service, but guess what? Everybody gets good cell service now. That was the thing in the early 2000s. You know, with like, hey, is my call connecting now? Is my call connecting now? That's the old school with the coverage. Everybody's using the same flipping satellites. Everybody's getting the same coverage. So why are you paying more at Big Daddy Cell Phone Company? You should be with 
cool uncle mint mobile <laughs> and guess what it's the holiday season they're bringing the good deals if you switch to mint mobile and buy any three-month plan you're gonna get another three months for free you don't gotta go to a flipping store have a 17 year old make fun of the shirt you're wearing call you a boomer you can just order safely from your home and maximize your savings with plans starting at just $15 a month most of these phone bills what are you paying 80 a hundred bucks a month well let's do the math here 80 15 plus 80 that's you're saving yourself at least $600 a month I was more of an art student growing up like I said for a limited time buy any three-month mint mobile plan and get three months free by going to mintmobile.com slash dude that's mintmobile.com slash dude cut your wireless bill down to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash dude oh my god my stomach's a grumbling what am I gonna do I got so many things I'm working I'm I'm doing laundry. I got all my bills to pay. I got I'm learning freaking Korean right now. I don't got no time to cook. But guess what? I got DoorDash. They're gonna come to my door in a flipping dash and bring me some delicious food. And I'm going to save time. And guess what? I'm saving time, living my life at 100 miles per hour. It's the only way to do it. I'm learning Korean right now. That's not a bit. I am learning Korean. Annyeonghaseyo. Maybe I order some Korean food. Maybe I order some bibimbap. Maybe some bulgogi. Maybe some gimbap. Maybe some tteokbokki. That's right. Whatever you're craving, whether it's Korean food or literally any other type of food, you can get it from DoorDash. In a flipping low amount of time, it's going to get there fast. Okay, guess what? Also, we're all kind of in a hard time right now, but some of the biggest people getting impacted by everything we're going through are the restaurants. So guess what? You got a favorite restaurant? The best way to support them is by continuing to order from them. They're still doing great work. They're still making great food. We got to keep them around because I want my flipping bennies. If you're in L.A., you got to order bennies. It's the flipping best. If you're not in L.A., I feel bad because you're missing out on bennies. But I'm pretty sure there's thousands of amazing restaurants you can order from in your hometown. And guess what? You think you're going, oh, COVID. Their deliveries are contactless. They want to keep everyone safe, from the restaurants to the drivers to you. They're doing it right in 2020. Okay, y'all. So right now, everybody watching or listening can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more. All you got to do is download the DoorDash app and enter the code DUDESOUP, one word, D-U-D-E-S-O-U-P. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store or the Play Store or the Linux phone store, wherever. And all you got to do is enter the Dude Soup code, D-U-D-E-S-O-U-P. Don't forget that's Dude Soup for $5 off your first order with DoorDash, download that app and then download some food into your stomach. And we're back. How did you guys like that uh, segue I just did? It was pretty really straightforward. Good. It was smooth. Seamless. Yeah, yeah. it was smooth. Um, you, what did you say? Speaking of something, and then that no, was I what it was. No, I just said, oh, by the way. <laughs> All right. John, have you gotten your hands on any next-gen consoles yet? No. Uh, I was considering it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I've been trying to be very frugal these days. Smart. 
And also, when uh, the whole Xbox One and all that stuff came out, I didn't buy one until the S, right? That was the oh, that okay. was like the Pro version. Uh, uh, whatever it was, I bought like the yeah, Pro, yeah. like a year or two later when yeah. they released like the deluxe version, and I felt like that was good. That was a good way to do it. So like, even though I'm gonna miss out on some early access to games i'm mm-hmm. fine waiting and then just having like a much larger library of games to pick from i am still of the mindset that like next gen for most people is not going to be like a game or whatever you know like everyone's pointing to miles morales as being like oh it's an incredible next gen game but like for me i think that again the ability to play on the go is more next gen what is going on? Oh no, James! Um, uh-huh. And, and then I only I didn't, and this is another thing. I only found out recently that if you have a PS4, what is happening? Are you trying to do that backwards flip? I'm just trying to get them to bounce off the wall. Um if you have a PS4, you can remote play in to your uh PS5 or whatever. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, that I like. I like that they're having the options and the versatility and the convenience. The Switch Wait, didn't the really change anything thing? for me, but it really convinced me that next gen for me is the ability to play despite being a busy human being, you know? like. Can I play PS5 on my Vita? Probably not. Can I play it on my PSP 3000? <laughs> Do they make it to 3000? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, you and Greg Miller can play together. Yes. <laughs> I actually Does that have, have a uh, multiplayer compatibility? Um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't think, I don't think people that don't have next gen right now are missing out. Truly, no, no. Um, also, I mean, if you have a PC, not that I am a PC purist or whatever, but um, I was. So what brought me to the idea of the horror thing was I was like, I, I think I'm actually going to play Resident Evil Village, but then oh, yeah. I watched yeah. the trailer. And I almost peed myself. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I That's said, natural. dude, I got to get a girlfriend before <laughs> April. <laughs> <laughs> you should put out a, a personal ad. Looking for just... someone to watch me play Resident Evil. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you play Resident Evil 7? N- well, no, because I saw gameplay from it in just that dinner scene where they're sitting at the table and there's all the rotten mm-hmm. food. I was like, yeah. this is not, I cannot do Which that. I loved because it very much harkens back to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the scene when they end up at the the family house mm-hmm. later and the whole uh, just decrepit families gathered around. Which just to me, was like one of the, the most traumatizing scenes of that movie. Yeah. Um, but I... I think that Resident Evil Village, it's got like Resident Evil 4 vibes to it. Mm-hmm. Obviously with the village aspect, but yeah. I do think it's going to open up. I'm pretty excited for that game. Mm-hmm. Nausea there's, there's is something so I stuff. experience a lot that prevents me from enjoying video games. Like, for instance, <laughs> this game, uh, Mario Galaxy, turns my stomach upside down. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough. Uh, anything that's gross, like, uh, I mean, rotting food on a table... Stuff like that, it's like hard for me to stomach. Um, I don't I don't know what it was, but the day that we played Surgeon Simulator 2, <laughs> uh, it was you, James, Lindsay, and I. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I got so just like just sick playing that. And I don't know like what it was about the maybe I mean, maybe it's because it's first it's first person combined with just like really mm-hmm. janky, wobbly um, yeah. physics, wobbly stuff. But I, I got, and people in the comments were like, what's the what's with the lease in this video? And the, the I was really like so nauseated mm-hmm. doing that. Um, so well, you kept you kept your cool. <laughs> and made some good goofs. The twin, Lindsay and I were the twins. Yeah. I guess you guys were twins too. <laughs> not, not, not at. Oh god damn it! The Photoshop of Lindsay and I as twins is nightmare. Oh, that whole that photo, fo- the Photoshop of yeah, of all four of us is like Jesus Christ. Yeah. One time, I tried to. I took pictures of all the editors. Uh, and I tried to put together like a monster human with all of our features because there was some joke about like who the editor is and people were wanting to know who edited what videos. Oh, yeah. And so I was going to be like, oh, it was all this guy. Um, (laughs) But I couldn't make someone who looked like I couldn't I couldn't find that uncanny valley. Like, it just looked like garbage (laughs) whenever I when I was trying to use everyone's features. Were you trying to do like an, an amalgamation of everyone's features, or yeah. were you picking apart like? Well, I was. T- I took like Don's eyes and Dan's beard and things like that. Uh, it did not work, sadly. But I do still have all those photos. And something I've done recently is I have a uh, Google Chromecast, and I learned that you can set the screensaver to just pull from your Google Photos. And you can select it by people's faces. So I just selected like 30 people, like everyone from my family mm-hmm. and like all of you guys and everything. So it just kind of cycles through just showing those pictures like every 10 seconds it switches to a new one. And okay. there are a lot of them like are just one of you posed in front of a green screen. But like <laughs> for some reason, the same shot of Dawn that's from that that picture series I took. It's him kind of close up, just going, just making like a big creepy smile with wide <laughs> eyes. That one keeps showing up. <laughs> like, I'll just be, you know, because sometimes I'll, ow, I punch. Oh, and I tap the side and it muted. Um, sometimes I will have watched something and then I'll stop, but I'll leave my TV on and I'll just be like on my phone or trying or something and I'll look up and it's Dawn just like, looking at staring into my soul with that giant grin and then movers come and they move the tv out of the way and at the window behind (gasps) it dawn's standing right there don't joke about that elise i'm gonna have nightmares sorry sorry (laughs) but can you imagine how weird it's gonna be for your resident evil girlfriend when she's over (gasps) and then the tv has all these weird images on Uh it resident alien girlfriend oh (laughs) (laughs) my favorite though is that um for some reason, I don't know why, the same comp, because you can set it so that it, sometimes it shows two pictures, and the combinations that it chooses to show are really funny, and there are some recurring ones. So there's one that recurs where it's a picture of Bones and Allie. It's like their wedding photo or something. Um, <laughs> or something. Of course that you Well, it's them posed together looking fancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was... Uh, I went to Bones' house in Oakland and I took I took out my phone and I took a picture of it. It was on the fridge or something. And then beside it, it's my youngest nephew bawling their eyes out. 
<laughs> uh, <laughs> and that always comes up. Just those two pictures next to each other. It's great. They don't talk about often the hidden cost of working in the uh, industry we do and having to like if you're going to get a Photoshop or get a green screen or whatever, like it, you're going to be have those photos on your phone forever. Yeah, this is the <laughs> hidden cost is that you you're, you end up number one, filling up your Google photos. Oh but then number two, you'll just occasionally get like a refer. Oh, did you mean to take this photo or did you or were you looking for this person or it's like remember this your day two years three, ago? Yeah, here's what happened three years ago or whatever. And it's it's like John Smith and spandex or whatever. Like, and so it, like we made a phone. gif out of your photos. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a question. This is something yes. I was thinking about. Uh, where do you all want to travel? I know this is just a pivot, but mm-hmm. do you all have pivot. any travel dreams or have you already fulfilled them? Well, it, it, that's a great question, especially after this year, because we all got sidelined mm-hmm. in our homes, quarantining. James and I, we had hoped to go to Japan. He, he's been before, mm-hmm. um, but we had hoped to go to Nintendo Land, mm-hmm. opening there. Poor um, Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a dime for every time I've heard poor Nintendo. So so that's definitely one of them. What Was are that actually travel- like... On your guys's to-do list for the year, it was yeah. Yeah, we oh, were wow. like looking at dates and times. What the fuck? We were gonna go after the Olympics. Mm. So we figured that all the jocks would clear out then. That's true. That uh, I mean, not right now, but that is actually a great tip I learned uh, from one of my mom's childhood friends, Tommy Tebow. Um, go on. <laughs> that's actually where is, we learned it too. But go on. <laughs> um. For those of you, you might know, I've mentioned this before. I was at Disney World on Mm -hmm. 9-11. And the reason is because the best time to go to amusement parks and things like that is like the week after Labor Day when all of the schools start the school year. We went Mm -hmm. and the lines were so short everywhere. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, It was amazing. It was one of the best weeks of my life. Uh, with just and that, and then it ended with nine yeah. eleven, <laughs> and then the world changed forever. Uh, <laughs> but really, it was so great, and it wasn't crowded. Um, and I just recommend that you know, in twenty twenty four, when this pandemic is over, ninety five percent success working, rate, success rate vaccine. Uh, yeah, I heard about that. That's pretty interesting. I read the headline, and then I moved on because I don't want to put faith into anything. <laughs> Uh, but is that true? I mean, who knows? I've read several things that's like, this has been such a highly publicized like thing to find this vaccine that's a really determine the true community impact of it. It's like, you know, the, what is it? The medical by uh, publication or whatever. Like they're like this. We figured out that this is a super fruit where there was one clinical trial that showed some minor success, but they're hoping sometimes People that do investigations will publish things with the hopes that it'll lead to more funding. Oh yeah. Um, so who knows? Who knows the true legitimacy of it, or how long it'll take to get it? In I just mass, had a but. vision of the future. They get a vaccine, hundred percent success rate, mm-hmm. but it's from this shitty 
pharmaceutical company that wants to sell it for $10,000 a shot. I mean, you're describing what will probably happen. <laughs> but then, savior Bill Gates comes in and buys mm -hmm. the patent and releases it for free across the world. But so many people think that Bill Gates invented the virus, mm -hmm. they refuse to take it. <gasps> Yeah, it'll be interesting <laughs> when anti-vaxxers you, I come mean, you, to... You, yeah, you just described what is probably going to be a... Um, I've already said that I want to get the vaccine the way that in X-Men The Last Stand, the, the oh, yeah. mutants, when From they're going gun? to get their... They, they, they have that gun that all the military mm -hmm. have those... those <laughs> mm -hmm. <Yeah>. I want to <laughs> get shot. Well, <laughs> but, also, don't forget the fact... Am I the modern-day Nosferatu? Could be. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, don't forget the fact that in X-Men The Last Stand, when when they're they want to make sure there aren't riots at mm -hmm. the facility that's taking it. So they make sure to issue a bunch of guns that fire the anti -mut mutagen <laughs> virus or whatever. So it's like, why do you wait in line? Just storm the place and you'll be out of yeah. there by the afternoon. That's a good point. They should just then set up like an auto turret. Then you'll be arrested. Because you don't have your mutant powers to help you get away. This this boss is some I'm just BS. Glad ben Foster this is why this is why out. this is why Galaxy will never be top tier. Yeah. Do you remember when Ben Foster and Cisco were in a movie together? No. What movie was it? Let's find out. Ben Foster, Cisco. Get over it. Ben Foster, Cisco, and Kirsten Dunst. And Mila Kunis, and Sean West, and Martin Short. <gasps> Elise! Who wasn't? Why don't you just tell us who wasn't in the movie? <laughs> I love Martin Short. Oh, my God. Um. Anyways. Anyways. Yeah, I, 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 we wanted to go to... We were supposed to go to Mexico over the summer. There was a lot of stuff, actually. We were supposed to go to um, uh, Vegas, Basically, like the weekend after everything got bad in L.A., because that was kind of like middle end of March. We we're supposed to go to Vegas for my birthday. Um, oh, I didn't to get meet an invite to that. Yeah, I know. Um, to meet my parents there because I haven't seen them in years oh. in person. I haven't seen my parents in years. So we were going to meet in Vegas and go to a Robbie Williams concert. <laughs> and uh, that, of course, got hard canceled. Mm. And, uh... Well, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. We're talking about the saddies. Let's talk about the goodies. Mm-hmm. Do you have any fun international stories from past trips? I mean, basically every single time I've gone abroad, I've had, like, an amazing time. Isn't it so fun? Yeah. Um... John, what about you? I got one! <laughs> um, when I was 20... I got um, hired uh, at Invisible Children pre-Coney, um, pre-Coney 2012, to go and film uh, in Uganda for three months. And on the way, they planned for us to, they just launched like an, a London office or, or a UK office. They were in Oxford. Mm -hmm. um, and... So they're like, all right, they're going to pick you up from the airport. Like, you're going to go around with them for a week, and then you'll fly to Uganda. We're like, great. And so we land at Heathrow, and we mm -hmm. go out, and we're like, man, I can't wait to meet these two guys. We've heard so much about them. And we go out, and we're like, we don't see them. 
Uh, and then we, f- for hours, we were like trying to call and get in contact with people and invisible children. And eventually it turns out that they had no idea what we were talking about. Um, and one of them was in another country and the other one was leaving for another country, uh, the next day. Uh, so we split up, uh, the two people I was with went and met with one guy and then me and this guy, I think his name was Brody. Um, he went and picked me up. We drove to the Oxford mansion, like Oxford estate that mm-hmm. one of the guys was just like his parents owned. I slept okay. there for a night and then we flew to Portugal and we were there All for right. 24 hours. We landed on a Saturday. We did an invisible children's screening on Saturday night. And then the, uh, the people that had like kind of organized it, um, the volunteers took us out on the town in Portugal, Portugal. And, uh, in Lisbon. And let me tell you, um, we went a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. My favorite bar was this bar that was like had eight different rooms and they were all full of knickknacks, like wall to wall, ceiling, floor to ceiling, thousands of knickknacks on the wall everywhere. And there was one cabinet that was full of Nazi memorabilia, which was a little weird. Okay, um, all right. But, you know, they, they had collections from all throughout history, all throughout the world. So, like, give them a break. Did you beat the boss? I did. Nice, James. I wasn't watching. That, and that oh. was my number 100 star. Cody, our uh, TD, said, I once got lost in Germany on my way to my friend's wedding. Oh. oh nice. Nice, <laughs> nice Cody. Um, that's wild, Cody. Yeah. Anyways, long story short, that was the first night I had uh, white Russians. I had many of them. Um, and I remember, last thing I remember is in the cab on the way to the airport, and then I woke up on the plane going, we are now landing in Frankfurt in Germany. So um, I blacked story. out in one country and woke up in another. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one time, James and I, we were in Sydney and we were, you know, Sydney in the summer, beautiful weather. We were walking home from the opera mm-hmm. house, I think. Something like that. Yeah, I think Back so. to the hotel. You ever do that when you travel? You're like going home. You're going to your hotel. Yeah. Okay, friend, <laughs> you're going to your hotel. Be stay home because you're. It's like calling your teacher mom. Because you're a big dumb dumb. Um, <laughs> so we're going to the hotel, and we were about to cross the street, and then a bus like whooshed by, mm-hmm. and we close, and call. We, we close call. We missed it. Almost hit by this bus. Whoa. And then I said, "Man, I could really go for a hot dog <laughs> right now. It's you know midnight or whatever." <laughs> and we were walking past this, um this building and there's a there's a restaurant there and they're inside no really windows though but there's mm-hmm. a menu outside and, and james is like look there's sauce they have sausage and he's like let's go in here and i'm like okay so we go in and we're like this is strange and it's actually a restaurant that's part of a hotel like an older hotel in sydney mm-hmm. um and the being you know a a british colony sydney has a lot of that kind of old europe uh, Western European vibe to architecture mm-hmm. and history to it in a lot of ways. And so we go in this building and uh, then we go into the bar and we thought we were in purgatory. Mm-hmm. What? Because it was it was oh, the weirdest bar. It was like 
I mean, it a, was a cast of characters in it, like tiny, the type you would see in an Agatha Christie murder mystery. And there were a lot of portraits <laughs> everywhere, too. Yeah, there were lots of por- portraits of like, you know, twin boys dressed in Victorian frills. But, but also <laughs> we started noticing that some of the portraits looked a lot like some of the people in the bar. <laughs> There was like a Russian guy. There was like all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's so. like, but like the cast of like, there's a guy, you know, there's a guy hunched at the bar and he's got an eye patch and he's, <laughs> you know, uh, got epaulets on his his shirt and and he's got it looks like he's got a, a a past. And then there are two old women who look like they just got dressed up for the night to to find their lost lover oh who are God. seated, and and all the all the furnishings feel very decadent and old and. Like they just came down from an attic, uh, but we were like, we were like, what the fuck? Uh, and I was like, do y'all, y'all got hot dogs? But it, it was like <laughs> such a weird. And we thought we were like, did we get hit by that bus? And yeah. now we're in some weird yeah. limbo purgatory. I place. thought you were gonna say that the bus almost hit you, and then you went into the restaurant, and the bus was there at one of the tables <laughs> on a date. <laughs> Well, the other thing, too, is we went back to Sydney and could not find this place. Ah, uh, yeah. So we're not convinced it was even real. We may have been on shrooms. Uh, uh, did I ever tell you guys about when I went and got when I went and did my interview at Crunchyroll and what happened trying to get to the office? I don't, I don't know. think so. Basically, um, I went, uh, I took the BART there and then I walked uh, to the office and it, it was like the entrance, the office itself was very swanky, but the entrance, the front of the building was kind of old looking. And it was like the door was kind of in this recessed area. So it was kind of hard to find. Uh, and then when I get in there, I walk in and it's very dark. And there's this elder, like elderly man in a security guard jacket sitting there behind uh, the like desk. Like Dick and, Van Dyke and Night at the Museum. Yeah. So um, except one of his eyes is jutting out to the right and it's completely gray. And I was like, oh, damn, this okay. guy's like, this guy's had a life. Um, and uh, I, w- I was like, hey. Uh, and he was like, what? <laughs> I was like, floor seven. Floor, floor, I'm going to floor seven. I have an interview. There he's is like, no floor seven. <laughs> and he's like, all right. And he stands up. Um, and then he slowly walks to the elevator and I like slowly follow behind him and we get in, uh, and he just kind of like glances at me and then pushes both six and seven. Uh, and then we go up and then when it gets to six, he hobbles out and I was like, this isn't the floor we're going to. And then he turns around and he, he has this like look of shock and surprise as I'm still standing there, like as the doors close. Like, he turned around and, like, made up and was like, huh? Like, right as the doors were closing. And I was like, all right. Uh, and then I went up to seven and I, had, and I did my interview. And then when I came back down, he wasn't in the lobby. So. Um, it was a ghost, for sure. Yeah, it was a ghost. It was a ghost. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think about some, some something, stuff like that. I mean, like, the only explanation here is that there was a ghost. You know? Yeah. <laughs> True. Maybe I'm a ghost. I hope at some point someone sees me and they go, that's a ghost. That was for sure a ghost. Or I hope that if I haunt, I do it in a very useless kind of way. Like that. Well, like I just meet people going to apply for jobs at Crunchyroll. Yeah. Have you seen that video of the guy um, 
like jokingly tapping a guy on the shoulder and then going around the other way, but it actually prevents the guy from his head being smashed in by like a pole. Oh no. no. It's ba- there's this guy standing there like outside a bar or something, and it looks as though a drunk man is walking by him. And he does that classic goof. I've pulled it on y'all dozens of times where you tap mm-hmm. him on the right shoulder, but then go around the left. Mm-hmm. Um, and classic so the guy goof. and, it, and it, they look like complete strangers. Like the guy's just kind of walking down the street uh, and it's a security camera. And the guy just taps on the right shoulder and then keeps walking. and He goes off frame. And the guy who's standing there looks over his right shoulder and is like, what? But then there was this like 18 wheeler or something turning onto the street. And something on the back of it comes off, and it's just this huge pole, and it swings across, and the dude, like, jumps out of the way of it. And oh basically, had that drunk guy not pranked him, he would have, you know, been severely injured and maybe died. Because it was like a big-ass pole, and it was swinging fast. Um, How do you watch? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so a lot of people are like, this is an angel. Like, this is the, this is like... Hard evidence of an angel instead of it just being like a twinkie. Yeah. H- have you watched any of, I know I mentioned it, but how to with John Wilson yet on HBO? No. Um, it's like Nathan for you meets, uh, sugar pine seven, sugar pine seven <laughs> meets docu series. But, uh, I think you would love it, John. And there's an episode that's just about scaffolding in New York. Um, because scaffolding is such a huge in- industry in New York because there are strict, strict regulations about having scaffolding up if you have any kind of renovation project going on, mm-hmm. construction, because um, of deaths related to someone walking on a city street and things falling on them. Oh, wow. Or what have you. But it's it's a... I mean, this stuff. I mean, you just got to watch the show. The show is wild. It's, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. It always um, starts with something like that, and, and it's then, al- yeah, it's always a- in pursuit of more explanation. It opens up. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's. I like the ones where it's like a very mundane point of entry. So scaffolding is mm-hmm. not exciting in any way. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, at a yeah. certain point, you're watching two dudes getting jerked off, and you're like, "How did I get here?" <laughs> well, maybe you're asking that. I'm not. Um. <laughs> I, I love stuff like that. Uh, and that's all, like that's another interesting thing is if you deep dive into anything, it gets really interesting. Like whether mm-hmm. it's the communities revolving around those things or like there's there's so much depth to everything that we just don't know about because we don't we aren't in it. Um, but uh, another show kind of like, well, that kind of reminds me of that uh, in a different aspect in the aspect of religion is this show called John Safran versus God. Uh, it's this Australian guy who I think was on like one of the first seasons of Amazing Race and people loved him. So he got like his own show. And it's basically him traveling around the world, uh, experiencing every religion. Um, hmm. And there's only eight episodes. And it's, there one are for so each many. Religion. What? I said one for each religion. Yeah. Uh, I think they do multiple religions per episode. I haven't watched it since like 2008. Um, but it it's so, I remember it being so interesting. Like at one point he goes to um, a, uh, like a voodoo uh, event cool. where they like sacrifice a goat and stuff. Um, and he's just like standing there looking all bewildered. But then he's like, the next day this goat fed everyone in the village. 
Um, but then at the end, well, I won't tell you. Never mind. The end, like, it takes a, it make it takes a twist, and it's really interesting. Um, but it's one of those <laughs> things where called? like John Safran versus God. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I saw it, you know, back in two thousand eight or nine. I my friend just had them on an external hard drive, and I have no idea where they came from. Okay. Um, and the the other one, if you're listening on HBO, is on HBO, and it's How to with I think John Wilson. How to with John Wilson. That's what you want to what you want to watch. So how uh, gonna watch John it? Saffron, John Saffron John versus God. I'll slack it to you. It looks like a yeah. lot of the episodes are on YouTube now, because I don't think it was one of those shows that like got, you know, like DVDs or anything. So, anyways, I think that's it for us. That's it? That's the whole thing? That's the thing. But yeah, I didn't the finish thing. the game. You didn't beat I wasn't the game, sure. James. I, I didn't I didn't go to the center of the galaxy. I need to get 120 stars. How many do you have? 101, I think. Well, so we close. can go another three hours. Let's just keep going. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Check out those two shows, John Safran mm-hmm. vs. God, How To with John Wilson, and Finding Love with John Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and we'll see y'all next week for the Wooby Doobie Super Duper podcast. Actually, wait. Wooby no. Doobie reminded me. What we got coming up on Funhouse, y'all? Well, James, you're hosting the podcast next week. Next week. Next week, I'm hosting the podcast. With some guests. No, not the have podcast. Some guests, guests from what, well, I mean, What's yeah, Good yeah. Games are going to join us. Oh. It's going to be a lot of fun. The nice. Funhouse podcast or whatever <laughs> whoever, whatever individual host TBD. we have wants to call it. Um but uh, yeah, it's it should be fun. And what's coming up on the channel? That, yeah. yeah. So on is it Tuesday is when it comes out. Uh, we're changing up comments. It's a new show that I I'm gonna say begrudgingly because mm-hmm. I did not agree to this title. Uh, mm-hmm. It's called Woo Woo. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have title. to watch it to find Working out title. what that means. Uh, and then we also have the the game that inspired this playthrough. Uh, the Mario Speed Race. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I don't. I'm not going to tell you when these are coming out. You just got to keep an eye on them. It's and that's because I didn't write them down. He doesn't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a, a holiday gift exchange. That's another thing that I thought was pretty fun. Oh yeah, um, I just watched that video today. Gave notes. It's it's a fun one. Is it? Yeah. Who do you think got the best gift? Who do you think gave the most thoughtful gift? Is it weird that Ryan Haley? Maybe. No. Not the answer. He I was would go. He would before. go. Why is that weird? And he'd have a big grin on his face. <laughs> Ryan's a sweet man. Um, one of my most anticipated videos of the year, Peanut Butter Robot. Oh yeah. This is a this is an A plus video. This video is going to change the world. Peanut Butter Robot. What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then of course, uh, this is something that I've piloted and it's going to be a weekly segment, the Elise Willems appreciation series. Ooh. Um, I added that to the doc. Uh, it's just going to be a video of us all talking about how much we love Elise. That's not a video. Don't quit shaking my chain. (laughs) I'll tell you a real video. I think, um, Valley folks supposed to be on Filmhouse with us this week. Oh, very cool. Into the volcano. Look, I did. There was something nice. inside of secrets. Did you step on the button? 
I need I need to figure out where some star bits are because I need to be able to get the star bits. There they are. Well, thank you, John, for a delightful podcast. Yeah, I'm just chilling out, chit chatting. Who gives a heck about news? There is no news. You do. If you want news, why don't you go check out Inside Laning? Nice, got him. I thought of that one this morning. Oh, you write it down? Don't lose that. It's on my hand. Anyways, bye everyone. You big piggy star. Eat up. Shovel this, starvin'.